Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 19th of March. In breaking news this morning, a number of European countries have announced that they will resume their AstraZeneca COVID vaccination programs. Italy, Germany and Spain say they will restart the rollouts after suspending them earlier this week over concerns with blood clots. It comes as the European Medicines Regulator announced that the Oxford-AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccine is safe and effective after concluding an extensive review over possible side effects. Here's the head of the EMA, Emma Cook. Based on the evidence available and after days of in-depth analysis of lab results, clinical reports, autopsy reports and further information from the clinical trials, we still cannot rule out definitively a link between these cases and the vaccine. What the committee has therefore recommended is to raise awareness of these possible risks, making sure that they're included in the product information drawing attention to these possible rare conditions and providing information to healthcare professionals and vaccinated people will help to spot and mitigate any possible side effects. But I want to reiterate that our scientific position is is that this vaccine is a safe and effective option to protect citizens against COVID-19. Meantime, back home and Australian health authorities are urging the public to be patient after delays with the rollout of our national vaccination program. From Monday, six million Australians will be eligible for their jabs, including those aged over 70 and those with compromised immune systems. The government's vaccination booking website crashed, with GPs also inundated with calls for appointments as they struggled to get enough vaccines. Here's the Deputy Chief Medical Officer, Michael Kidd. Please do not panic. Be polite and calm when you're talking to the receptionists uh, in your local general practice. In more breaking news this morning, the war of words between the United States and Russia has escalated. Vladimir Putin this morning responding to allegations from US President Joe Biden that he believed the Russian president was a killer. Mr Putin saying in a news conference, it takes one to know one. The Russian president also adding he hopes the US president stays healthy and wishes him good health. Back home and evacuations are underway in central Queensland and northern New South Wales as wild weather and torrential rain hits. Heavy downpours are now heading towards Sydney with the weather set to worsen over the weekend. Drivers are being warned to avoid non-essential travel over the next few days. Here's Scott Hodder from the New South Wales SES. The Bureau of Meteorology has used life-threatening descriptions of both the rain and the winds. So that's a nice reminder to everyone to please be mindful of the conditions that are likely to develop, not just today, but over the weekend as well. And we'll have more details from our reporters from both Queensland and New South Wales a little later. More good news on the economic front, with the unemployment rate recovering quicker than expected, coming in at 5.8%. It fell from 6.3% in January and has now returned to pre-pandemic levels. 
but business groups are still cautious, concerned about how jobs will be affected when JobKeeper ends later this month. Here's Jenny Lambert from the Australian Chamber of Commerce and industry. There definitely will be impacts and we would expect that the April figures, probably not in March, but certainly in April, um, the, uh, the, the figures for employment will be impacted by that um, cessation of uh, JobKeeper. This comes as the government announces a special allowance for employees in the aviation industry. The wage supplement will continue after JobKeeper ends. Now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Friday morning and to New South Wales firstly and as we reported earlier, wild weather has lashed many parts of the state with flash flooding and thousands of calls for help to the SES. Authorities are warning conditions will worsen over the weekend. Here's our reporter Siobhan Caulfield with more from Sydney. Taj, Sydney drivers are being urged to take extra care on our roads today as wild weather continues to lash our city. Up to 50 mils of rain is set to fall today, while tomorrow is when we'll cop the biggest drenching, up to 120 mils on the way as the rain bomb that soaked the mid-north coast heads south. The heavy falls are causing fog, reduced visibility and some flash flooding on the roads. There have already been more than 1,000 calls for help to the SES statewide, 230 in Sydney alone. SES Chief Superintendent Greg Swindle says if it's flooded, forget it. So the message is very clear and we do say it repeatedly uh, when we do have storm events. Please do not drive your vehicles into flood waters. This mostly can be avoided by people doing the right thing and, and, and generally you will see that the people that enter these floodwaters in their vehicles are people that are local to the area mostly and think that I know the road better and I'll be okay. And in Queensland, evacuations are underway after widespread flooding. Three months of rain is set to fall in just the next few weeks. Our Brisbane reporter, David Shiraz, has more. Good morning, Taj. That's right. A flood emergency is unfolding in Queensland's central highlands, with residents in the rural town of Sapphire evacuated from rooftops and cars. Flood warnings, severe thunderstorms and heavy rainfall continue to cross large parts of the state south overnight. Queensland's Byfield, for example, received an unbelievable 550 millimetres of rain, smashing the town's previous wettest 24-hour record of all time by almost 70 millimetres. Some, though, like farmers and graziers who missed the predicted weather from this year's La Nina event, are welcoming of the widespread rainfall. A coastal trough is expected to deepen, sending the deluge south, with some locations expecting three months' worth of rainfall by the end of this month. So keep those brollies out. To Victoria now, and one of Melbourne's biggest private schools has found itself at the centre of a sexual harassment crisis. Our reporter James Lake has the details from Melbourne. It's certainly come on thick and fast this week for Wesley College, Tash, and it all started on Monday afternoon when a group of male students were busted on a public bus making offensive comments about women who had participated in the March for Justice. Now, since then, more than a dozen students and parents have come forward to the school, revealing a culture of alleged sexual assault, harassment and disrespect to girls by fellow male students. Several girls have also told today's Age newspaper that they'd raised allegations of harassment on campus many times before, but nothing was done, and even in instances where it was witnessed by teachers. Wesley College has now engaged leading child protection agency Brave Hearts to work with the students, while investigations are really just getting started. 
To WA and Mark McGowan has appointed himself as Treasurer just days after his landslide election victory. Our reporter Emma Griffiths has the details from Perth. Tash, the state government's been busy getting down to business after last weekend's election win. The new cabinet has been unveiled with the Premier deciding to look after WA's finances himself after Ben White's retirement from politics. Mark McGowan's decision influenced by growing calls from over east for WA's GST deal to be unravelled. I was a part of uh, securing the deal uh, and uh, I have some strong views about it and some personal ownership over it and I want to continue to protect it. In addition to being Premier and Treasurer, Mr McGowan will also look after the portfolios of public sector management and federal state relations. He's not the only Premier to be the Treasurer. Tasmania's Peter Gutwin looks after his state's finances. The new lineup of the WA Ministry will be sworn in today. Now for the latest in business and finance news this Friday morning, we're joined by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. And Scott, despite COVID, our solar march continues with another massive jump in panel installations and a good jump also in batteries. Tash, good morning. Happy Friday to you and to our listeners as well. Yeah, this is a really good news story. And we know kind of, you know, some would have expected during COVID we pull our horns in on spending. We know that didn't happen. It's certainly at a retail level. And also the march continued in terms of the amount of solar panels we put on the roof. We are already one of the biggest solar panel used, you know, kind of countries in the world. Another 30% was added to the solar panel fleet during 2020, which is remarkable in any year, but even more remarkable during COVID, and a 20% jump in the number of household batteries, up to more than 100,000, apparently. And this is really, you know, we've talked before about the impact on the energy retailers and generators and all that kind of stuff. This is another really, really important point in, frankly, household savings, because panels are stuper cheap. If you're trying to save some money, if you can afford them, you'll save a fortune on electricity. But it also does have a big, big impact on the energy market and for our energy generators as well. Maybe people were at home more during COVID and realised the spike in their electricity bills. We mentioned earlier, Scott, of course, more good news on the economic front. Unemployment mm. uh, levels have fallen compared to January. This is an indication we might be okay after JobKeeper ends at the month, at the end of this month. But there are a lot of local businesses concerned about the effects on jobs. What do you think? Yeah, Tash, it's a really, really good question. There are so many different moving parts right now. So look, uh, un- un- uh, you know, unquestionably spectacular news. When unemployment kind of dropped half a percentage point and be below 6%, 13 months out from the from the onslaught of a once-in-a-century pandemic, I mean, you, you would have got massive odds for that if you'd asked, but you asked last March, what would be happening by this March? Uh, those numbers are just spectacular. But as you say, uh, not spread evenly. Of course, we've got the, the extension being provided by the government to the airlines, in particular Qantas International Aircrew, to basically keep them fed and watered while we wait for international travel to return. And then the JobKeeper changes happening at the end of the month. <sighs> the numbers are really hard to read. Some people are saying up to half a million jobs will be lost. Now, we can absorb some, most of those, because of the good news on unemployment so far, but that's a heck of an economic shock. So, I'm cautiously optimistic, uh, but it's going to be a big deal for individual people, of course, listening who are impacted. It's a massive deal, and so hopefully the economy can absorb those lost jobs as quickly as possible. When do you think we'll see the fallout with those figures? It's likely, they reckon, April and May, um, because some businesses will some businesses will already have the chop ready. Come March 31, some businesses will say to their staff, well, maybe already have, look, 
business isn't back yet. I can keep you on while the government pays, but after that, you're going to have to go. I'm really sorry. Mm. So they've already done that. Others will say, look, I'll battle on and maybe things will improve and they'll be hoping for a continued recovery in the economy. Now, if that happens, they may well save some of those jobs that otherwise are at risk. But I think April and May in particular will be when some businesses give up on either business in general, the actual business itself, or say to some staff, look, we just can't make this work. I'm really sorry. You're going to have to go. So I think end of May, maybe some dribble in June, but we'll know certainly by the end of the financial year. And you mentioned it before, there are so many different moving parts at the moment. Also making news today on this Friday, Scott, regulators may finally move in on the buy now, pay later businesses. Yeah, look, for all of the competition questions about Zip and Commonwealth Bank getting into their own buy now, pay later and everything else that's going on, this one actually might be the biggest risk, at least in Australia, for the buy now, pay later guys. At the moment, they've basically said to the retailers, you may not charge the customers a surcharge for using our service, but they charge the retailers a good 3 4 or 5% to use these buy now, pay later services. That's a reasonable impost for the businesses. The RBA is considering the, t- the point of time at which they'll say to the retailers, hey, you guys can now start to pass that on. And some work done by the RBA actually says that half of buy now, pay later customers would actually change their payment method or cancel the purchase if a surcharge was actually put in place. So for all of the growth they've got because the retailers are carrying the can, once that changes around and the retailers are allowed to say to their customers, hey, good deal for you, but I'm getting, you know, <laughs> I'm getting, uh, you know, messed around with here. Mm. I'm just trying to keep it clean. Uh, we, we want to make sure that, you know, you can, you can do the right thing and pass that on. So this is probably the biggest, you know, compared to all the competition and everything else, this is probably the biggest risk for buying out pay later in Australia if and when the RBA lets the retailers actually pass that surcharge on. Great chat as always. Have a lovely weekend. Thank you, Scott. Thanks, Tash. <laughs> Time for sport now with Brett Thomas and Brett. It was the Dustin Martin show as the Tigers kicked off the AFL season in style at the G last night. Yeah, picking up from where he left off, the three-time Norm Smith medalist was uh, phenomenal again last night. Now, if you saw or read any of his interview on Fox Footy with uh, Nick Rewalt, the normally media shy uh, Dusty said that he's never loved the game more. Well, that was an ominous warning for his uh, opposition, especially Carlton last night. Now, the Blues started well. Sam Walsh, Paddy Cripps, Michael Gibbs... Gibbons and Harry Mackay all getting involved but from there Dustin Martin took over had 31 disposals four goal assists and two goals Jack Rewalt chipped in with four goals now the other big talking point last night was the introduction of the 23rd man this medical sub that the AFL brought in a couple of days out from the start of the season had an impact last night Jack Ross came on from the Tigers won plenty of the footy he replaced Nick Vloston who had a knee injury Oscar McDonald was the sub for the Blues he booted two goals from replacing Jack Silvani. Here is uh, Damien Hardwick's uh, thoughts on the medical sub. From our point of view, it was fine. People jump up and down about it, but I always think, you know, the more players that play the game, it's a positive from my point of view. You've got a limited rotation, so one more player on the ground is not going to make a big difference for mine. Not popular with everyone. Now, the AFL said that all coaches were uh, fans and were happy for the introduction of the medical sub. Luke Beveridge, who's coaching the Bulldogs tonight against the Magpies, says that he wasn't properly consulted and he isn't actually uh, a fan. So, uh, Big uh, controversy uh, leading into the AFL season with uh, the medical sub coming in just as we were about to bounce the ball, basically. Lots of controversy, as always, to the NRL now, Brett, and it was slip sliding away last night with the Eels <laughs> outlasting the storm in that driving rain at Bankwest Stadium. 
Yes, they certainly did. It was a good contest despite that rain, as you said it, to Bankwest last night. Mike Acevo made it look like it was a, a dry night, leaping high twice over former Eel George Jennings. He scored the first try and then the match winner as well. He was phenomenal, but to his coach Brad Arthur says that try scoring wasn't the only way that Sevo impacted the game. He can bring that, but there was more to his game tonight that I liked. You know, got in there, took some real tough carries when we needed him. He done that well last week for against the Broncos in the first half. Just needed to make sure we were challenged him he needed to do that for 80 minutes tonight and he did. The final score was 16-12 to 12. they did lose Ryan Madison to concussion in the second half. Felice Cafusi from the Storm was placed on report wasn't sent to the sin bin controversially but he faces a nervous wait to see what will happen there with the match review committee and also the hockey ruse bred is searching for a new coach plenty of controversy and this is just months out from the Tokyo Olympics yeah, of course, at the resignation of Paul Godoyne, we spoke about uh, yesterday, uh, that reporting to allegations of bullying, body shaming and homophobic behaviour within the national side is about to be uh, released. We had three co-captains resign in the past few years, so perhaps no surprise that he uh, did step down. But now, who uh, will coach the Hockey Roos? We're only months away from the Tokyo Olympics, as you said. Rick Charlesworth is a name that has been mentioned. His resume is uh, unbelievable uh, as a player and as a coach leading the Hockey Roos to two gold medals. Well, he could be back. Here is Hockey Australia Chief Matt Fabia speaking to 10. Yeah, look, Rick, Rick is absolutely a, an incredible player, but coach uh, for Australia, and his name is certainly on our minds, absolutely. So that would be in an interim basis to lead them through to the Olympics. Two-time gold medalist Katrina Powell is another name that's been floated as a possible contender, Tash. Brett, thank you. Thanks, Tash. Checking the weather details around the country this Friday morning as we head into the weekend and as we reported earlier that wet weather is set to worsen over the weekend in many parts of Queensland and especially in northern New South Wales and around Sydney. Brisbane showered to 29. Sydney though showers set to continue with a possible storm 23. Melbourne partly cloudy and 27. Showers 19 for Canberra. Hobart sunny and 24, sunny and 30 for Adelaide. Very hot and sunny today. Gosh, difference conditions in Perth. 38, the expected high. And Darwin showers with a possible storm in 32. And it is certainly a feel-good Friday for one very lucky Sydney cider. They just don't know it as yet. A mystery person has taken out, wait for this, the entire $50 million Powerball overnight. But officials just can't get in contact because they are not a registered player. The entry was purchased from a news agency in the city, so the advice is check your tickets and good luck. 50 million reasons to smile over the weekend. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and a lovely weekend. Stay safe and we'll see you next week. Listener.